This is Pastor Stuart McClellan from the Altoona Bible Church greeting you. The warm-hearted church with a heartwarming message. The family church. In light of the coronavirus pandemic, we'll be bringing you a special service. Sing with us, pray with us, and follow the message in God's Word. The choir will open our service by singing, The Lord Stood By Me. have Danielle Peck playing in Christ alone on the piano.
And now Joshua and Stephanie McClellan will come and sing, Good, Good Father. Bye. 
Here now is Randy Bickle playing Lamb of God on the piano.
Now we have Larry Graybill, Cheryl Holloman, Penny and John Harris coming to sing High and Lift It Up. I want to thank all of our musicians and singers for providing us with such Christ-centered music. I pray the music will encourage you and comfort you during the coronavirus pandemic. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. 
I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Psalm 34, verse number 3, and then verse number 4. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. May the word of God continually strengthen us, guide us, and comfort us during these difficult times. I ask that you continue to pray for our country, pray for those suffering, pray for the families of those who passed away, and also look to help someone, look to encourage someone during these difficult times. Now turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 16, verses 9 and verse 10. I'd like to talk about the Macedonian call. And before we study the Macedonian call, let us understand the background to Acts chapter 16. Here you have the beginning of Paul's second missionary journey, his apostolic journeys. His first missionary journey was Acts 13 to 14, including the cities and the areas of Seleucia, Salamis, Papephis on the island of Cyprus, Perga, Pamphylia, Antioch of Pisidia, Iconium, Lystra, Derby. And then God separated the Apostle Paul and Barnabas to take the message of salvation and to preach it to the Jews and Gentiles. Having established the churches and visiting the churches, establishing the church on his first missionary apostolic journey throughout Phrygia, the region of Galatia, he moved to new territory, the province of Asia. The province of Asia is a, in the text, it's a small region in western Turkey. Paul tried to enter this province, but he was forbidden to do so by the Holy Spirit. Then after he attempted and come to Mycenae, they decided to go north to Bithynia, still modern-day Turkey, south of the Black Sea. But the Holy Spirit of God suffered them not. He would not permit them to go there either. And we read in Acts chapter 16, verses 6, verse 7, verse 8. Now when they had gone through Phrygia, the region of Galatia, they were forbidden the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. And after they were come to Mycenae, they essayed, they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they, passing by Messiah, came down to Troas. The word forbidden means to hinder, to prevent. The idea is to cause something not to happen. The word suffer means to allow something and someone to do something. Acts 5.38, let them alone. Here the Holy Spirit of God did not let them go into Bithynia. Bithynia was south of the Black Sea, what is modern-day Turkey. Paul continued the journey westward till he came to Troas. There is no record in the text of Paul preaching at Troas, but he must establish a church there before his trip to Greece, for he returns to Troas in Acts chapter 20, verse 5 to 11. He held a church service there with his disciples. When we study and read Acts 13 to 28, you have the three apostolic journeys, the missionary journeys of the Apostle Paul, and then his journey from Jerusalem to Caesarea to Rome. It is in the Gentile city of Rome where the book of Acts abruptly ends. And we aren't reading about the journeys in the journals of a missionary, but rather the redemptive plan of God's salvation, the formation of the church, the body of Christ, beginning in what is modern-day Turkey and spreading westward, going to Greece, ultimately going to Rome. The redemptive plan of God in the salvation of lost sinners by grace through faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. 
For a great door and effectual is open to me, and there are many adversaries. God closed the door to Bithynia, but he opened the door for Paul and his missionary team to go to Macedonia. In Acts chapter 16, verse number 9. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night, and there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia. Assuredly, gathering, the Lord had called us to preach the gospel unto them. And so Paul's second missionary apostolic journey of Troas. You then see Neapolis, uh, Philippi, Amphibolis, Apollonia, Thessalonica, Berea, Athens, Corinth. Acts 16, verse 9 and 10 is such a challenge. And there are several important and key words. Come over, help us. After, immediately, we endeavored, assuredly gathering. The Lord had called us to preach the gospel unto them. Come over into Macedonia. With the door closed at Bithynia, God guided the Holy, God through the Holy Spirit, guided the Apostle Paul to the city of Troas. Again, the western part of what is modern-day Turkey. While at Troas, Paul received a vision. He saw a man from Macedonia, northern part of Greece, telling him to come over into Macedonia and help us. As Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 states, that in the past God spoke to man in various ways. One way was by vision. This word appears over 80 times in the Bible and 11 times in the book of Acts. God spoke or communicated his truth in this manner. But today, since we have the completed word of God, and we are living in the present dispensation of grace, God speaks to us through his word, and no longer through dreams, visions, or trances. A positive vision. positive vision would be Peter's sheet vision. And that was a vision of, from God in Acts chapter 10. What about a negative vision? The old man, the old prophet told the man of God that he was a prophet. This goes back to 1 Kings 13. This old prophet is telling the man of God that he was a prophet and that the angel Lord spoke to him. But the old prophet lied to the man of God. 1 Kings 13, 18. You have to read the whole context at the end of the 12th chapter into the 13th chapter about the man of God. And the man of God listened to the lies of the old prophet. And it cost the man of God his very life. Considerable spiritual harm has come to the church through people who have claimed to have received visions from the Lord. The Apostle Paul was able to discern that he was not just having a dream, but God was speaking to him to go over into Macedonia. The vision appeared only unto one person, the Apostle Paul. And eventually, he shared the content of the vision with his missionary team. Then you think about the words, help us. The word help means to run on, hearing a cry, to give assistance, to come to the aid of someone. Macedonia needed help. They needed, they needed the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were not looking for social answers. They were looking for the preaching of the cross. After. It was not before the vision. Not during the vision. But after. At this time, God was speaking through the vision. It was through the vision that God had made known to Paul that he wanted he didn't want him traveling further north, but he wanted him to go west immediately. The word immediately means without delay. 
ponder and reflect from Acts chapter 8, verse 26 and 27 with the Ethiopian eunuch in Philip. The verses read, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south unto the way that goeth from Jerusalem to Gaza, which is the desert. And he arose, and he went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, had come to Jerusalem for to worship. Philip was directed by the Holy Spirit of God to the eunuch's chariot at the precise moment that he was reading from Isaiah 53. If Philip had debated with God about going, he would have arrived too late and he would have missed the opportunity and the timing to explain Isaiah 53 and to preach Christ to the Ethiopian eunuch. Originally, the eunuch had come to Jerusalem to worship God. It's obvious he leaves Jerusalem. Why did he go to Jerusalem? Jerusalem was supposed to be the spiritual capital. That's where the temple was at. And it's obvious he leaves Jerusalem with questions that were not answered. And it was Philip. While the eunuch was in a chariot to explain to him Christ and not anyone in Jerusalem or anyone associated with the Jewish religion. Acts chapter 8, verses 30 and 31. And Philip ran hither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, that's Isaiah, and say, Understand what thou readest. And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come unto him, come up and sit with him. Think about it. Paul did not debate what the vision meant. He did not debate with God nor wonder why God was sending him west to Macedonia rather than north to Bithynia. Nor like Jonah did he run literally in the opposite direction of where God wanted him to go. But rather the Apostle Paul and his missionary team left immediately. It was was God's timing. We endeavored to go into Macedonia. Notice we endeavored to go. The Lord had called us to preach the gospel unto them. They all left. It's not where they argued about the meeting. Once it was determined that it was from the Lord, that the vision was from the Lord, they didn't second guess what the vision meant. They left. They were in agreement with what the vision meant. What was the meaning of the vision? The first usage here of the we in the narrative instead of they indicates that Luke, the human author of the book of Acts joins the missionary team at Troas. Then after Paul and Silas and Timothy left Philippi, Luke, the word of God, then changes the pronoun from we to they in Acts 17 verse 1, which suggests that he remained behind in Philippi to watch over the infant church after Paul had left. The wisdom and the greatness of God's sovereign plan of salvation begins to unfold. In Paul's mind, as he travels through Asia and he tried to enter Bithynia, he sought to reach a few cities in this region. On the other hand, God had a much bigger plan, for he wanted Paul to reach a continent for the Lord Jesus Christ. Endeavor to seek after, to seek for, to aim at, strive after. Assuredly gathering. A very striking word. It means to come together, to unite together, 
or make this and that agree and so to conclude. The Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. We came together. We concluded the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to those of Macedonia. What gospel? The gospel of the grace of God and not the gospel of the kingdom and not a social gospel. The greatest help we can bring anyone. And we certainly know what our world is going through with this pandemic. But the greatest help that we can bring anyone is a life-changing gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's good for us to bring help, social, medical, or physical needs. But without the life-changing gospel of Christ, what help of eternal value have you given them? The word gospel means good news. The gospel, the good news, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Help us. We preach the gospel. Paul and his individuals went over to Macedonia. The gospel was preached in cities like Philippi, Thessalonica, Berea. People were saved and churches were established. Acts 16, 17, at the city of Philippi, the first city. These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation, that young damsel. Acts 16, 30 and 31, when the Philippian jailer asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Paul and Silas responded, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Now, for a few moments, let's think about the Macedonian vision, the Macedonian call, and specifically how the words the Lord has called us to preach the gospel unto them would be put to a major test. In Acts chapter 16, verses 23, again, he comes to Philippi, he had the salvation of Lydia. And notice beginning in verse 23 and 24. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison charging the jailer to keep them safely. Remember in the context, not to have to take the time, I encourage you to read back in the context, but that young damsel was going around saying, here are the men, the servants of the Most High God, and they teach us the way of salvation. And Paul cast out that demon of divination. And the masters then saw that their gains were gone, and they bring Paul and Silas, and then they're, they're beaten by the Romans, which we'll see that that was wrong, that was contrary. They didn't realize he was a Roman citizen. What they did was wrong. And what do they do with him? They, they throw him in prison. Verse 24, who were receiving such a charge, thrust them in the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. So following the salvation of Lydia, the preaching of the gospel, the incident with the woman possessed with the demon, the casting out of the demon, then Paul and Silas were beaten and in prison. And at midnight, Paul and Silas praised, prayed, and they sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Now, remind you, that word heard would not be like you're, just at, you're at church or at the Altoona Bible Church or some other place, and you're singing, and people just casually hear it. The idea here is that their ears were attentive to what they're singing. We're talking about people on the outside. Thessalonica. Acts 17, verse 1. When they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. 
Following the ministry in Philippi, going through the cities of Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica. Just look at their entrance to the city following the events at Philippi. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2 gives you incident and, and gives you a context of this. For you yourselves, brethren, know that our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain. But even after we had suffered before, and were shamefully entreated, as you know at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. The Apostle Paul's ministry at Thessalonica was more than three weeks. The three weeks time period normally suggested the length of his ministry was actually his time in the Jewish synagogue, three Sabbath days. And look what occurs. And for safety, Paul and Silas were led away by night. Acts chapter 17, verse 5. But the Jews which believed not, they moved with envy. They took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. They got the derelicts of the city and they gathered a company. And they set all the city on an uproar and they assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. Verse 11 says, And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming hither went into the synagogue of the Jews. Berea. They traveled to the city of Berea, approximately 50 miles away. The response of the people from Berea was tremendous. As they searched the scriptures, they, they were searching the word of God, and we knew and would know the only scripture they would have had at this time indeed would have been the Old Testament. And they searched it to see whether these things were so. Acts chapter 17 verse 11 says, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind. They searched the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Verse 13, But when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached to Paul at Berea, they came thither also, and they stirred up the people. Verse 14, And then immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go as it was to the sea, but Silas and Timotheus abode there still. The Jews from Thessalonica traveled down to Berea because they had knowledge the word of God was being preached. See, they're not looking, these are the unbelieving Jews, and they're not looking for truth. The word stirred up means to agitate, to shake, to stir up. Acts chapter 16, verse 26, the prison was shaken. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 2, shaken in mind. The Apostle Paul and his missionary team going to Macedonia was a direct result of the vision the Apostle Paul received by God. And think about it. Just, just stop for a moment. So he receives this vision in Troas. The Holy Spirit of God directs him not to go to the north, because that's where God doesn't want him going up there. He directs him to the city of Troas, then to go over, receiving the Macedonian vision and the man from Macedonia beseeching him, come over and help us. And immediately to go. Paul and Silas could have said to God, Paul received the vision to come to Macedonia, and they were obedient to it. They were obedient to it. And what happens? At Philippi, we were beaten and in prison. At Thessalonica, unbelieving Jews caused them problems and they were moved away. Do you see what I'm trying to say? 
that they go to these cities. At Berea, the Jews from Thessalonica came down and stirred up the people. And what Paul and Silas could have said to God is, God, why is this happening? Why the beating and the imprisonment? Why not the people receiving the message of salvation? Did we get the vision wrong? Why did you close the door to Bithynia and call us to Macedonia and all these things happen? But that's not what happened. They didn't, they didn't complain to God. They didn't question God. But reality, look at what happened at these cities in Macedonia. In Acts 16 at Philippi, Lydia was saved because of Paul and Silas' imprisonment. The other prisoners heard Paul and Silas sing praises and pray to God. That's going to have an impact. The Philippian jailer was saved. A local church was formed at the city of Philippi, becoming the church at Philippi, and we know one epistle is written to the Philippian believers. At Thessalonica, some believed. A local church again was formed at Thessalonica. Two epistles were written, First and Second Thessalonians, to the church. In Acts 17, Bria, many believed... And what, did they, what were they doing? They were studying the scriptures to see whether these things are so. And then after that, Paul is going to go down to Athens and Corinth, Achaia, the southern part of Greece. At Athens, the apostle Paul was called the babbler because he preached Jesus and the resurrection. Because you have to understand, these, these individuals did not believe in Resurrection. When I say these individuals, we're talking about the mystery religions. Read Acts chapter 17. That's why he, he's called the babbler. Read over in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12, the great resurrection chapter, and look at the first question. The Corinthians were preaching the gospel, but if you would ask them, well, do you understand upon your own resurrection? They wouldn't know what you're talking about. So Paul was called the babbler because he preached Jesus in the resurrection. Remember, the Bible, the Bible teaches resurrection. In the book of Job, you go back to Job chapter number 19, in one of the oldest books of the Bible, you find out what? The issue of resurrection. So then he was taken to Mars Hills, the area opposite. The council that met on the hill originally, having the wide public function, but later became a purely judicial body. Some mocked hearing about the resurrection. Some did believe, including Dionysus, the Areopagite. One of the judges believed. At Corinth, the church was joined hard to the Jewish synagogue, and Crispus and Sothenes believed. If we can just go back and think about Mars Hills for a moment, and you can Google this, and you can see this image. I've, I've not been to Mars Hills. Mars Hills overlooks the city of Athens. And at the base, when you're going up to the hill, the hill's like 300, over 300 feet above the city. In the background would, would have been all these temples. Read this in Acts 17. Look, look at what Paul's address to the Areopagus was. And he gives this address. And he basically says, if you want to find God, he's not going to be out there in temples made by man's hands. He's dwelling in man. Well, what's interesting, we know, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, the Jews, how they 
were seeking after wisdom. And you can think of Plato and Socrates and others. And I'm certainly these individuals were taken up to Mars Hills to defend what their philosophy was. Well, if you look at the base of Mars Hills, there's a plaque. And the plaque has not something Socrates or Plato or the, any other philosophies and wisdom had of Greece at the time. It is Paul's address to the Athens to the, at Mars Hills, Acts 17, and it's in, obviously, the Greek language. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that marvelous? People today despise and you know laugh at God's word, and here at the base of Mars Hills, they record not human philosophy, but they record what this man of God said to these people, and one of the judges believed. Second Corinthians chapter six verse three says, "Giving no offense in anything, that the ministry be not blamed." And then when you read in Second Corinthians chapter six verse four and verse five. In verse 6, that 7, 8, 9, and 10. We're not going to read all of it. But in verse 4, it's in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses. Then in verse number 5, it's in stripes, in imprisonments. Then in verse 6, it's by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by love unfeigned. Verse 7, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness. Verse 8, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report. Verse 9, as unknown yet well known, as dying and behold we live. Verse number 10, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich. Let me just share with you about the life of John and Betty Stamm. In 1934, Americans John and Betty Stamm and their three-month-old daughter were serving as missionaries to China. The city's magistrates appeared to them and told them that the communist forces were near and urged them to flee. But before they could leave, the communist forces were inside the city and arrested them. They demanded all the money the stamps had, and it was handed over. The communists then arrested John and took him to their headquarters. The soldiers later came back and took Betty and Helen. Here is a letter that was dated December 6, 1934. A letter John Stamm wrote to his mission organization, the China Inland Missions. And I would like to share a portion of that letter. Dear brethren, My wife, baby, myself are today in the hand of the communists. Their demand is $20,000 for our release. All of our possessions are in their hands, but we praise God for peace in our hearts and a meal tonight. God grant you wisdom in what you do. In us fortitude, courage, and peace of heart. He is able and a wonderful friend in such a time. Things happened so quickly this morning. They were in the city just a few hours after the persistent rumors really became alarming so that we could not prepare to leave in time. We were just too late. The Lord bless and guide you and is for us. May God be glorified whether by life or by death. In him, John Stam. John and Betty and Helen were taken to local prison where some of the prisoners 
were released to make room for the stamps. In the midst of the hustle and bustle, Helen started crying, and a soldier suggested that they kill her. Then one of the prisoners, who had just been released, asked why they would kill an innocent baby. The soldier turned to him, asked if he was willing to die for the foreign baby. The man was hacked to pieces for Helen in front of the Stam's eyes. The next morning, the Stam's were forced to march 12 miles with the soldiers to another city. The group stopped for the night, and Betty was allowed to tend to Helen. But in fact, Betty hid her daughter in the room inside a sleeping bag. December 8th, John and Betty were marched down through the streets of the city to meet their deaths. A Chinese shopkeeper stepped out of the crowd and talked to the communists, trying to persuade them not to kill the Stams. The soldiers then invaded his house, and they found a Chinese copy of the Holy Bible and a hymn. He was then long, led alongside the Stams to be killed, as well-being for a Christian, because they believed that he was a Christian, so he's now going to be killed. After marching for a short while longer, John was ordered to his knees, and he was beheaded. And Betty and the shopkeeper were killed moments later. On John's tombstones are the words that Christ may be glorified whether by life or by death. On Betty's tombstones are the words for me to live as Christ and die as gain. The baby, Helen, was found two days later by a Chinese pastor who took her home and took care of her. They took Helen to her maternal grandparents who were also missionaries in China. The Stam's daughter later came to the United States and was raised by her aunt and uncle. The Stams demonstrated such commitment, such courage, and such dedication. What a powerful and amazing story of sacrifice, dedication, commitment for the Lord Jesus Christ. The battle is the Lord's, and it's not our own. We're certainly so just thrilled to realize and know that there are missionaries who have responded, who have responded to the Macedonian vision, to a call of God, because they feel led of God to go to the foreign field, whatever country that may be. Some stay locally in the United States. But certainly we realize and understand that we are all missionaries. We are God's missionaries to a world that needs the message of salvation. We need to be preaching and proclaiming the message of salvation, the message of reconciliation. Are we willing, like the Apostle Paul, to preach and proclaim the gospel? Think upon the words of the hymn, Jesus Saves. We have heard the joyful sound. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Spread the tidings all around. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Bear the news to every land. Climb the steeps and cross the waves. Onward tis the Lord's command. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Think about the words of the hymn, There's Room at the Cross. Stanza 2 says, Though millions have come, Though millions have found him a friend and have turned from the sin they have sinned, the Savior still waits to open the gates and welcome a sinner before it's too late. There is room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, 
There's still room for one. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, the message of salvation, Lord Jesus Christ died for the sins of the whole world and all can be saved. What is God's will? 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. For God's will is that all men be saved and come to knowledge of the truth. And there are some who believe that you have salvation and knowledge of the truth is salvation. No, you have the word in there. God's will, God's wish, God's desire is that all men be saved. That's salvation. Though millions have come, there's still room for another million. There's still room for more because Christ died for the sins of the whole world. And come to the knowledge of the truth. The knowledge of the truth is understanding God's word and understanding God's word rightly divided. Just think about this and ponder this. God through the Apostle Paul and others established churches in Ephesus, Colossae, Hierapolis, Laodicea, the plural churches of Galatia, to name a few. Turkey, modern-day Turkey, was the epicenter of the beginning. It was the epicenter of the church, the body of Christ. The present population of Turkey is estimated to be under 83 million people. The Christian population, listen to this, is estimated to be at 0.2%, which would be equal to just under 17,000 people. Then you really ask the question, what percentage of that are really true Bible-believing, Bible-honoring, saved individuals, individuals who are saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? The number of saved believers in Turkey could even be lower than 0.2%. How sad. How sad for the area which is the epicenter of the body of Christ. This is Paul goes on his first missionary journey. Yes, he goes Paphos, but then he goes north and he's going to go into Antioch of Pisidia. He's going to go into Galatia. Later, there's going to be churches established in Ephesus, Colossae, Hierapolis. The word of God then spreads as we, we saw, we talked about the Macedonian call, the Macedonian vision of Acts chapter 16. Paul and his missionary journey understand they're obedient to God. They, they, they weren't late. Everything was God's timing. And that's what I said earlier. If you think about it, in the book of Acts... It's not just the journals of some man, the Apostle Paul, going on these apostolic missionary journeys. It's really the redemptive plan of God's program. The message is going west. Goes from Turkey, going to drop, jump over the Aegean Sea, to Greece, northern part Macedonia, the southern part Achaia. Then it's going to go over the Adriatic Sea. There are believers at Rome. Before Paul ever goes to the city of Rome, and when he comes there, at the end of the book of Acts, he is coming as a prisoner. And yet, when you read Romans 16, count how many names you see. And Paul says, in, God through Paul says in Romans chapter 1, when he comes to Rome, he wants to come by the will of God. He writes Rome, is never there. And when he comes, he's not coming there as a conquering hero. He's coming as a prisoner of Rome. But how sad 
0.2% of the population is estimated to be Christian. And again, what percent is that truly of Bible-believing Christians who have assurance of their salvation, who believe and have come to the cross of Christ? How sad that is. Now more than ever, and when we think of this pandemic and what's going on in the world and the hundreds of thousands of people who have been affected by this, the over 17,000 deaths, and it's climbing. Think of all those numbers. Where will it finally end? And we realize and understand what do pe- people need the Lord. Now more than ever, the plain message of salvation needs to be preached locally, nationally, and worldwide because the the only answer, the only answer is the preaching of the cross. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 tells us the preaching of the cross to them who perish, it's foolishness. But to us who are saved, it truly is the power of God. Romans 6.23, the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you're listening to this message, and you know not the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, and you're thinking, maybe the world's coming to an end because of this pandemic. What's going on? There's confusion. Maybe people, maybe you're afraid. You see the, the death toll, It's rising. The number of afflicted rising. We want it to stop. We want that downward curve. But truly, we see what's going on, and maybe you're there. Maybe you're listening, whether at home, driving in the car, but you're listening to this message, and you don't know where to turn to. Turn to God. Turn to Lord Jesus Christ. So millions have come. There's still room for you. There will always be room for an individual to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you believe your religion will save you or religious activity or good works, the Bible tells us, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, Romans 6, 23, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. It's all about God's grace. It's not through anything we can do except believe and trust. The Philippian jailer, Sirs, what must I do that I can be saved? But you, you believe. We exercise our belief a lot. You need to place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Recognize that you're a sinner, that Christ died for you. And trust Him and believe Him, and God will save you. And when He saves you, He'll save you now and throughout all eternity. What a a God that we serve. The love of God. But God commended His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's the message God has. And if you're a believer... And you've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior. When you think upon this Macedonian call, what Paul faced, and he didn't complain to God, he was obedient to God. Doesn't mean all of us are going to be called as missionaries, we're all going to be called as pastors. I understand that. But we're all part of the church, the body of Christ. We can look at our neighbors, help our neighbors. If they're unsaved, preach the very gospel to them. Realize that God in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 calls us what? All ambassadors. We're ambassadors for Christ. And we have the message. The world doesn't have the message. We have peace. 
Romans chapter 5 verse 1, Therefore being justified by faith that we, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The world doesn't have peace. They're in chaos. They're in unrest. The only way that you can have true peace, the peace with God, is by believing and trusting Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior. That's what the unsaved need. That's their message. Then as believers, we have peace with God, and then we need the peace of God, Philippians chapter 4. Be careful for nothing but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If you have not, trust Him as your Lord and Savior before it's eternally too late. And for us who are saved, may the peace of God guide us, direct us during these hard times. And may we give God all the glory and the honor and the praise for who He is and what He has done. You have been listening to the Altoona Bible Church. We trust you've received a real spiritual blessing from this service. It is our prayerful desire that you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. So until we meet again by radio, this is Pastor Stuart McClellan from the Altoona Bible Church wishing you God's best for now and for all eternity.